Welcome to episode four of the Set the Tone podcast. You can follow along at setthetone underscore pod on Twitter. This journey will continue. Hey, look what we've done. Back-to-back weeks. First time in the podcast history. Very short, but consistency is key. And that is what we're working on. Well, I think it also helps, too, that there's a good bit to talk about. We are going to dive into John Gruden. I want to talk a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Let's talk about the MLB playoffs. The Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder trilogy has wrapped up. And everyone's favorite segment still looking to be sponsored. Your Survivor Pick of the Week. We have advanced... Last week with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Miami Dolphins. We'll continue to look to advance this week. I will give you where I'm leaning currently as this is being recorded on a Wednesday. Have given it some thought, but that'll be for later on in the show. Stick with me for the next 15 or so minutes, and we'll dive into it. Okay, so John Gruden. By now, we all know what has transpired with the emails that have been leaked, it turns out, it seems that there are 650,000 emails being sifted through by the NFL. Backtracking a few days here, Friday, it comes out that John Gruden in 2011 had said in an email to what seemed at the time um, Bruce Allen, Washington football team president, some not-so-nice words about DeMarie Smith. My initial take on it, well, it's not a good look. But okay, let's try to have some perspective on this. That it's 2011. We're not going to excuse what John Gruden said. But think of society, how it's changed, how people speak, how people think. Ten years ago... 2011 to where we are now in 2021. With no incidents in physical or call it human interaction that we've seen John Gruden be a malicious person. Obviously, very intense person, but does not seem malicious. So we can look at this and say, potentially, this is a mistake. A mistake on his end on saying that you should not be using this type of language. It's not okay. We understand that. Let's move forward. Let's grow as a person. Let's grow as a society. That is where my first thought went. Well, we continue to learn information and that there are more emails. Now that the emails range from 2011 to 2018... By the time we get to 2018, what I had just said should evolve. We should be getting better. You should be making corrections. It does not look like John Gruden had shown any signs of that. It turns out that Marie Smith was not the only target. Eric Reed, Colin Kaepernick, the Washington football team cheerleaders, the women referees in the NFL, and... The largest domino, whether we like it or not, Roger Goodell. So the conclusion that's being drawn right now is that the Friday email leak was a warning shot 
from the NFL for Mark Davis to do something. Mark Davis did not take action. John Gruden coached a game in a loss to the Chicago Bears on Sunday. Well, Monday, during, ironically, Monday Night Football, a New York Times article drops with the aforementioned email from 2011 to 2018. John Gruden's in some hot water. And within about 90 minutes, we have a resignation from John Gruden. And then it comes into play like society always does. Well, this is just the next case of cancel culture. Can we cut the bullshit for a minute? John Gruden just offended... uh, Oh, oh, I'm also sorry. He had made a comment about the drafting of Michael Sam to the Rams at the time. And we'll understand why this comes into play because the only active gay player on his team, Carl Nassib, has to share the locker room with him. So when John Gruden goes out and makes racial commentary, homophobic commentary, I could give a rat's ass about the people outside of Elysian Stadium, outside of the Las Vegas Raiders locker room. What this boils down to is John Gruden could no longer look a team of 53 men in the face and gain their respect. That's why he resigned. It's not because of a cancel culture, but he cannot do his job. He cannot look a man in the eye and have that respect. He stepped down because the only thing that he knew that he could do to show some sort of respect, that there is a good bone in his body, is to walk out. Is to say that I do not deserve to be the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And right now, a 3-2 and two Raiders football team still has a chance to turn some things around and come together as a team and be united in what sports typically does. But this doesn't have anything to do with the noise outside of football. He stepped down because he could not do his job efficiently. The players would not allow him to. The staff would not allow him to. And I'll tell you what, he probably would not even allow himself to with all of this information looming. That's the long and the short of it. So all the keyboard warriors we have on Twitter saying this is the reason it happened or it's nonsense that he got let go. When he didn't, he stepped down. That, my friends, that is what happened. And does it stem from the top of the NFL that they were the ones? Yeah, at some point here, and this is there is more to this story, but John Gruden had pissed off the wrong person. Could it have been Roger Goodell? Why were these emails under investigation to begin with? There is a lot for us to unpack here. Could this be a 30 for 30 down the road? Who the hell knows? Okay, we only have excerpts of emails. We don't even know how many include John Gruden. We don't even know how many include Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, the Washington football team. There have just been little leaks. A little trail of crumbs that we are following. And we're looking to get more and more information here. 
And now what's scary about this whole mess is who else is involved? Sure, we're going to find some people out, but who out there that is still in the NFL in a pretty public-facing position knows that they might be next? So did Roger Goodell effectively just assume complete control and is ruling with an iron fist? It's possible. It's very possible. There is a lot to unpack with this story. But alas, we move on. We move on to the football field. On Monday night, the Baltimore Ravens staged a fantastic comeback at home, M&T Bank Stadium, against the Indianapolis Colts. Lamar Jackson accounting for most of the yards, whether it be passing or throwing. Not that they have abandoned the running game, but they have abandoned the running back position, it seems. And there seems to be this battle between is Lamar Jackson a good quarterback or not. And I will go out and say that he's not yet. He can have these regular season wins. And in the context of can he win football games, absolutely. But you certainly hit a point, right? And this goes into almost the Phillip Rivers case a little bit. He had to deal with it. Can you win the big game? Lamar Jackson, outside of a ho-hum performance against the Tennessee Titans last year in the playoffs, has not been great other than that. right? That win against the Titans has bought him a little bit of time. But with the way he plays during the regular season and to go ghost in the postseason, that's what affects him. That's what people will judge him on. So what he did on Monday night was absolutely phenomenal. But when you play to that level week in and week out, and then the calendar turns to the new year, it's wild card weekend, and Lamar Jackson goes away, that's what people want to see. We want to see the Monday night Lamar Jackson. And until we do so, he's not going to get the credit. And I'm not even going to say it's the credit that he deserves. He needs to earn that credit and that respect. Funny enough, we are have changed the date of recording here. I don't know if it sticks or what it is, but it is a quiet Wednesday night. There is no baseball. But we anticipate L.A. Dodgers, San Francisco Giants, Game 5. I did see the only two elimination games the Giants and Dodgers have played in the postseason. The infamous 1951 uh, Bobby Thompson home run shot her around the world. And then also in 1962, the Giants and Dodgers have also faced off. So this will be the third. The Giants are a good story. Averaging two runs a game, right? They're winning close games, and they've gotten blown out in two others. The Red Sox, how about them? And I am a Red Sox hater. This is stemming from a Yankee fan, but you cannot deny how good of a manager Alex Cora is. He has such a feel for the game of baseball in the moment. 
And this is what I love to see. Right, Heim Bloom, their general manager, is one of the largest analytic geeks. And I mean that in a very complimentary way. One of the biggest geeks in the game. And assembles a team that had just traded away top talent. Has it back in the league championship series in two years. But he lets Alex Cora manage. That's the biggest thing. And you could see that Kevin Cash doesn't have that control over his team. So the Red Sox go on to face the Houston Astros who, hand up here again, said they would be in the World Series and I'm picking them against the Dodgers. Who knows if the Dodgers make it, right? We have to play that wait-and-see game. Big win by the Braves over the Brewers. So the Braves await the Giants-Dodgers winner. And we will still say that the MLB is looking for a Dodgers-Astros matchup. But at this point, I still think that the Astros run through anyone in their way. Red Sox included. Now, Boston and Houston. Since they've both cheated before, do we give them the same cheating capabilities and just call it call it even? Why not? What's the difference? This series only. Have some fun. Really make them the villain. That's the best part. Boston in this in this spot and Houston will both be the villains. Big opportunity for them to draw a little bit of heat as they go into the World Series. Other news and notes. This weekend coming off one of the best title fights in recent boxing memory. In what I would say this this decade, for, well, this decade's very young. I'm thinking the years into the century, one of the best title fights. Any weight class. I am biased towards of, of better fights. Uh, our, the first Arturo Gatti, Mickey Ward fight. Timothy Bradley, Ruslan Provodnikov was an absolute slugfest. And there are many others we could go down the list, but the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight had plenty of storylines. I and you can follow us on Twitter at set the tone underscore pod at set the tone underscore pod on Twitter. I thought Fury would make Deontay Wilder quit within four rounds, and I'll tell you what, I looked pretty damn good after Tyson Fury knocked down Deontay Wilder in the third round. Little do we know, Deontay Wilder was going to pick his ass back up off the canvas come back in the fourth round and floor Tyson Fury twice. Talk about returning serve. High-level drama throughout. Tyson Fury gets the finish in the the 11th round, and it puts boxing in a very good spot. I did not think that Fury and Wilder the third time around here got as much as it did the second time curious to see the pay-per-view numbers when they're released and I haven't come across them yet. It sets up a big star for Tyson Fury to move onward to take on whoever the next opponent may be, whether that's Alexander Usyk, who I know his dad said that he would like to see Tyson Fury fight, 
if the Anthony Joshua fight does materialize at some point down the road. Fury is in a very comfortable position. So is boxing to have some storylines. Let's keep that momentum going in combat sports. And as this show progresses, we will talk more and more combat sports, whether it's in the MMA sphere, whether it's in the boxing world as well. But now, we move on to everybody's favorite segment of the week. The one to keep you alive. Survivor pick of the week. I mentioned last week taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Miami Dolphins. A pretty pain-free win. Dolphins brought it within seven seven points at one point in the third quarter. From that point on, Tom Brady kicked into high gear with Antonio Brown and company and had the Bucs cruising to a relatively easy win. So what I always tell you here, my criteria, I hate divisional matchups. And I hate picking a team on the road. Looking at the schedule. I need a team right now that has a little bit of juice. Here we go. The Ravens play the Chargers. The Cardinals play the Browns. Bills at the Titans. So I'm just looking at the top teams here, right? Who do they play? Cowboys at New England. Denver at Las Vegas. Green Bay at Chicago. See, divisional game on the road. It's those tricky spots. And Tampa Bay at Philly, but we just picked Tampa the previous week. And Minnesota, who has looked good of late, travels to Carolina. This leads me to a very interesting pick, and I'd say I'm 80% sold on it. You know how I say I don't like teams on the road? Well, this team is technically on the road. And I say that technically because they're traveling to London. That leaves us with the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This may be the spot where you take the Miami Dolphins. The Jaguars have to sit on a plane with Urban Meyer, who we discussed last week. So having to stare at him for hours upon hours could be a pain for that team. Morale's low. Can't be a fun fun trip across the Atlantic. The Dolphins get a little bit of juice. Some wind in their sails with Tua Tungavailoa coming back. And on top of it, they have a relatively decent presence in London as far as the fan base goes. They are not walking into hostile territory by any stretch of the imagination. And really, they should just be a better team than Jacksonville. So let's call it a neutral site, and let's take the best team. So while they might both have lousy records, I think this could be an opportune spot to take Miami. Therefore, we're going to lock it in and take the Miami Dolphins as your survivor pick of the week. Just to give you an update on the calendar, there is a lot going on in my world the next few weeks, so the podcast could be on some sort of a hiatus longer than I would like, but maybe we can squeeze in some time. We'll figure it out. 
Again, follow along at Twitter. On Twitter, we'll try and be more active at setthetone underscore pod. Set the tone here, talking Gruden, Lamar Jackson, the MLB playoffs, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3, and your Survivor Pick of the Week.